Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. Well, we are halfway through our Embracing Hope Through Your Heartache series, and I'm sure as we come to the end of May, some of you are experiencing perhaps a little different heartache as in this season. Maybe you're watching your babies graduate, or they're heading off to college, or even getting married, all of which are good and healthy, but they still tug at those heartstrings for sure. Now, there's a poem by Jennifer Bates that reads, happiness and heartache both go hand in hand. One without the other is like the sea without the sand. Well, through the stories I have shared in my new book, Facelip, which just released last month, even in the midst of heartaches we experience in life, they're just going to happen, right? There are still so many blessings. So those happiness moments that we can give thanks for. And one of mine as acknowledged in the back of my book of Facelift is my gratitude for my sweet friend and my mighty prayer warrior, Dana Snyder. Now, Dana lives in Salt Lake City, Utah with her husband, Matt. Matt and I were actually in middle school and high school together and, of course, graduated the same class. Believe it or not, though, that was 25 years ago this month. So it's crazy how time flies. Matt and Dana have two sons whom Dana homeschools. She is amazing. She loves to read. She loves to do music, especially piano. I've heard her play on that. Uh, Do-it-yourself projects. And then, of course, anything in the mountains. Honestly, anything this woman does, she excels at. Dana works for a nonprofit Christian missions organization called Healing Nations, where she plans travel for groups and is a follower of Christ. And you can hear more about Healing Nations on Holly's Highlights podcast, season two, episode 27. So I'd encourage you to check that out and see how you might be able to get involved. But what Dana has so graciously agreed to come on Holly's Highlights podcast for today is sharing about her involvement in her local cystic fibrosis community and how that has resulted from her oldest son, Jason, being diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, so CF, almost 13 years ago. So without further ado, welcome, Dana. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me. So we're just going to dive right in as I know there's so much to unpack in our time together. And that would just start, if you don't mind, walking us back to the beginning, kind of what took place that led to the heartache you've walked through. Absolutely. So Jason was um, our firstborn and um, he was born in August of 2010. We had planned so well. So we thought for parenthood, we were very naive <laughs> just about <laughs> parenthood in general. Um, My pregnancy and his birth were pretty textbook and pretty easy. I mean, as far as pregnancy and delivery go at his two week appointment, though, with our pediatrician, he had lost 11 ounces, which was very concerning. And I was, you know, dragged kicking and screaming up to primary children's hospital. I was in great denial, thought nothing was wrong, thought that everyone was overreacting, but he didn't really leave us any choice um, and said, you have to go there for further testing. So Three days later, after um, a lot of tests and his newborn screening, he came back uh, positive for cystic fibrosis. It was something we had only heard of very, very lightly. We didn't have any family history, and it being a genetic disease, that was kind of surprising to us. A doctor came then to Jason's room, thankfully a doctor we never saw again, but he came with a big heavy binder and told us he was going to give us a brief overview of cystic fibrosis. And he spent two hours in our room and told us everything that could ever possibly go wrong for Jason. It was very overwhelming. This this came just a few hours after we had learned of his diagnosis. 
And it was truly like just drinking out of a fire hose. We came home a week after and he had begun receiving treatment and was responding well. And we started to learn, you know, what our new normal was going to look like, not only as parents adjusting to just parenthood and all, all that comes with that. But um, we had monthly specialty clinic visits. Um, we had twice daily respiratory treatments. Um, we had to start feeding enzymes to Jason every time he ate, which was tricky for a newborn to do. And we had to learn how to be really careful with germs um, as we were headed into cold and flu season. And that was something that was um, kind of foreign to us. We were both teachers and we were used to the Petri dish of a classroom. And now we had to be careful. So, yeah, it was that was a lot for us to take on as new parents. Wow. As you just shared, that is a lot to grasp, not only the diagnosis, but as you, as you said, also as new parents, I mean, that that's completely new in itself. So what did you do with all this information that you were handed? I mean, two hours to be handed this huge binder. What do you do with all yeah. that? Honestly, I lived in a lot of denial. Part of that was just protective. I needed to just get through each day. And so I would push a lot off to the future. If I don't need to think about that now, I think a lot of us do that. We just kind of think about, what well, what do I need to think about for now? And that can be healthy. In some ways, I think it can be unhealthy. And I think for me, it was a little unhealthy. I didn't really hit a lot of things with faith or with bravery. I was living in a lot of fear. And I really was on a quest for control. So I really started to research like alternative therapies for cystic fibrosis and joined every Facebook group I could find looking for that like special magic pill or that cure that no one else had thought of that I was going to figure out. And I was really just desperate. I mean, as a mother, when you know what that's like when your child has a problem and you're desperate for an answer. I also, I kind of went inside, inside. I went insular. I didn't really want to be out in social circles anymore. I really didn't want pity from people because I just saw that as weakness and that I didn't need people's pity. So I put on a really strong face, really brave face, but I really was struggling with understanding like why what we had been given, what I then thought was a curse of a diagnosis and what we'd done wrong. I I really just, I struggled with that. So it was a lot to take on and I tried to control it. (laughs) Yeah. I value the honesty for sure. And I'm sure our listeners do too. What were some of the initial hurdles that you found yourself facing? Well, some of what I just mentioned, I was a pretty social person. I still am. And um, we were kind of on our own version of a personal quarantine, which now people kind of understand a little bit. So this was my first time staying home and not being part of the workforce. And it was hard to like find productivity in that and to find meaning and to find my identity in that. So I really struggled with my identity. I'd really gotten used to like the accolades of others and working on a team. And now I was really on my own for most of every day with a newborn who newborns do not interact much, as we all know. And I just didn't feel like I was contributing much to the world in general. And I really struggled with that. And I just had a lot of fear about Jason's future. And I really found myself distancing myself sometimes from him, which is really hard to say. But a lot of times from the really from the CF community, I did not want to hear stories of other children with CF. I did not want to interact with adults with CF and see what kind of heartaches they had endured. I really struggled with that for his first, probably like the first year of his diagnosis. And so I hadn't really accepted it. So I would say like identity and acceptance were probably the first few hurdles that I really faced the first year of motherhood. 
Now, after all of that identity, having to stay home, dealing with all of these unknowns, how how did you finally come to embrace the hope that, that you have and that you have had through this journey? Interestingly enough, which I think is usually the way that God works, <laughs> that hope came through our first big real struggle in caring for Jason. So as much as we had to take on learning all these new treatments and this new normal, we really we were doing okay. Like, yes, we were in denial, but like he was healthy. He was growing. He seemed to be doing fine. And I had really taken a lot of pride in that. You know, I had kind of learned, I had mistakenly taken on that as my new identity. (laughs) And I had felt like I had taken control of the situation maybe, but we had a big annual appointment for Jason and everyone was just gushing over him and how well he looked and how he was growing so well. And that can be a big struggle for CF. So we just walked out like beaming, heads held high. And then the next day the phone rang and it was Jason's doctor. And she said, I'm so sorry, but his x-rays don't look good. He has damage. And she just encouraged us and said, you've done everything you can. You've done everything we've asked you to. And sometimes CF just still has its way. And that just, I mean, that just took all the wind out of my sails. And, and my husband, Matt, too, we really struggled with that. And He had to be hospitalized for two weeks when he was about 14 months old. And that catapulted me into a season of anxiety and heartache and disappointment. Yeah, for a few years, I really, really struggled with anxiety because here I had done everything right and that wasn't enough. And how could that not be enough? But through that, God really used that situation in my life to show me all the areas in my life that I was trying to control. I had become kind of an angry person, which had not been the way I was before. And there, it wasn't just CF I was trying to control. I was trying to control a lot of different things in my life. And so he brought a lot of people around me who really helped to encourage me. They reminded me of what good actually is and that good doesn't always mean easy. And they really helped me to gain some perspective and understanding God's character and what life is about and yeah, just helping me gain a big perspective and that the truths that I learned in that season over those couple of years are really what has buoyed me through the past, what, 10 years since I have really leaned heavily on those lessons. And I feel like my heart really changed during those years to being one of more surrender and one of more acceptance and then truly just being able to find joy, even in hardship. So yeah, that was kind of a big turning point for me. That is beautiful. That that truly is beautiful. There's, I think you hit on it that so many experience and, and can relate with of going through heartaches and that need to feel like you can control it, to navigate those waters of what it's going to look like or the end results of it, or even how you're going to feel or cope or deal with it. And and I think you nailed it of, of being able to finally come to a place as, as you shared with surrendering and and pressing into that hope pressing into faith living by those that faith versus those fears wow now what did this journey look like for you and those around you i mean you shared that now you're at home you shared some hospital visits but it, it's now been 13 years since his diagnosis so what does this journey look like yeah so for cystic fibrosis kind of like what our doctor had told me, CF kind of always is at work. (laughs) So you kind of always have to be at work against it. And so even in times of, I think what probably most people would see as ease, 
where Jason looks so good. It's, it's, it's an invisible disease. Like you don't look at Jason and think that he's sick. And so that can be a blessing and a curse because I don't think people realize really how much work it takes for him to stay healthy and to look that good and to, and to feel that good. Um, so he does um, two respiratory treatments an hour in the morning, an hour at night every day, and that's to stay healthy. So when he's sick, that increases to three or four times a day. He takes 14 medications, which equals about 35 pills a day. And, and that, like, if I would have heard myself say that <laughs> when he was first born, I would have been devastated. I would have thought that that was such a burden and such a hardship. But honestly, I just find myself being incredibly grateful that we have access to the medication that we have and that we even have these options and this, yeah, just this care. We see his cystic fibrosis clinic up at the children's hospital quarterly. And that is just, they can see things that I can't, you know, they can look at everything in a really complete way and he's doing really, really well. And our, our family and our friends just kind of jumped in with, you know, without abandon really when he was first diagnosed and we have felt really supported as a family, which at the beginning was like a lifesaver for us. But I have really felt like as the years have gone by, I'm starting to see that support shift to Jason and he's feeling that support now. And he has friends who like, he went to summer camp for the first time last year and a kid asked him, why do you take pills before you eat? And before he could even get it out, his friend was like, because he has cystic fibrosis and he just has to take those so his body can absorb his food. Okay. Like he just, he has this support of friends and family. And I have to believe that they're better for it too. Like that all walking this journey together, we've all been made a little stronger, a little better, more empathetic towards all kinds of people with all kinds of different challenges and diagnoses. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what this has looked like for us and, you know, the nitty gritty of the day, but then also kind of the bigger lessons that we've learned. Great perspective. Great way to look at it. How about now? What, what's kind of the latest update that you could share yeah. with us? Yeah, well, medically speaking, CF um, is changing a lot, actually. So if you're listening to this and you have a child who's recently diagnosed, I'm speaking, you know, 12 years ahead of you, almost 13 years ahead of you. But CF now is actually a totally different animal than it was when Jason was born. There's some new breakthrough medications for the treatment of CF. Jason's on one of those and he is thriving. It is, in, it is remarkable. We're really humbled. We're really grateful. We know that that research has come at great cost to a lot of families um, before us in the CF community. So we continue to fundraise. We fundraise for the CF Foundation in terms of, you know, that kind of an update. One of the basic defects of CF is that you have a CFTR. Everyone has a CFTR membrane in their cells and his just doesn't work. And so we also say, well, what he's missing in CFTR function, he makes up for in joy <laughs> and in clarity in life. And he has wisdom beyond his years. So I can truly see how, how this has been used as a tool in his life too, to make him a more empathetic person. So no, I love that. And I, I think you also shared something perhaps without even knowing it of, of the, the strides that have been taken through even such things as fundraising support. And, and yep. you're very involved in cystic fibrosis doing an annual walk and, and it's Jason's journey. We've been privileged to be a part of that walk before, but it, it does it, it, those fundraisers that, that anyone comes in contact with that it's not just, okay, this is another thing to do. No, you're actually making strides and fighting that disease. 
ways. And you have seen that your testament of that with Jason over these past almost 13 years and what all that funding can go to do in research and coming up with uh, new options and, and opportunities also. So I think that's so important to remind all of us is when we have an opportunity to take part in any fundraising that takes place, cystic fibrosis, suicide prevention, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, I mean, you name it, get involved because every single penny, every single involvement does go a long way to make those strides that that you're seeing through Jason and, and all of that. I think that's great. Now, any advice that that you would give to those perhaps walking through their own heartache right now? This one, this one is hard for me to answer just because I know people feel things so differently. But from my own experience, as hard as it can be, I do wish that I had reached out sooner to find people who could surround me and admitted my weakness and admitted how I was struggling to people. I wish that I would have, you know, I, I feel like I went through my own personal grieving process, but I wish I would have included more people in that. I wish I had had people that I would, well, I had people around me. I was surrounded by people, but I, I didn't feel like I could maybe, I don't think it the word trust. I just didn't feel like I could open up to listen. Um, so I would, I would encourage you to find people who can surround you and encourage you, um, encourage you to, to walk through it, to, you know, encourage you to grieve, encourage you to, feel what you're feeling and to move through all the stages that you might need to move through, but then also to, to look up, to look out and to help you find some perspective. I really, I really needed that those first two years. And I was my biggest, it wasn't that people weren't there for me. I was my biggest barricade in that. And I would just encourage people to take it day by day. I remember even when we have really good days, I just always was worried and I always had something nagging me and I did not feel like I don't, I know that I wasn't fully living in the moment, finding joy, but sometimes you just have to stop yourself minute by minute and think of what is going okay. You know, not just what's going wrong or what could go wrong, but what is going okay. And what, what can I be thankful for now? It might be something really small and insignificant, but it's important in your mind to do that. And then also it's really taught us to slow down. Um, so I would just kind of encourage listeners to slow down and really sometimes we try to like distract ourselves or get really busy during hard seasons because we just want to wish it away. And we know there might be an end coming soon. That's of course normal. I did it. I'm sure you've done it. Everyone's done it, but it's in the slow times where I really slowed down to allow myself to think about what's going on that I really feel like my heart has changed the most. And another thing I would say is that if you are in a disease community, that's what I can speak to, but find other people who are also in that same disease community if you can. Online, I know there's lots of ways to connect, but getting connected in the CF community with other parents who are, who are caregivers for children with CF was uh, priceless for us because we'd go to dinner and we didn't have to sit down and like explain anything. It was the groundwork had already been laid. We were all in the same boat and we could talk about things as they were normal. And it was like one of the few times I remember feeling like I was normal because everyone else had been telling me this was abnormal. This wasn't, this wasn't, you know, the way it should be, which, which I learned later when my youngest was born. And I thought, wait a minute, when you have a kid, you just feed them and they grow, you know, like <laughs> I, learned, I learned that when my youngest was born, but I, I didn't know that ahead of time, you know, when Jason was born. And so getting to know those other families, I mean, that's a lifelong bond that we'll have forever. And 
and we keep in touch with people and celebrate each other's victories and cry over losses or defeats or things that happen. And that I, I would encourage people. It's, it's hard at first and because you're kind of fighting it. You don't really want it to be part of your story, but it's really, it's been really helpful. Yeah. Doing life as a community, having that tribe, so important. Yeah. Now you, you've shared parts around all of this, but, but looking back, how have you felt your face lifted on this journey? So what has, has truly been something that has deeply encouraged you? I think just seeing people's struggles more clearly. Um, I think I used to look at people and look at what they had that I didn't. So like only looking at the shining, you know, bright spots of their lives that I thought, oh, I wish I could be that way. But now I've really learned to look for people's pain and look for people's hardship. Mm. And that has actually, I know that seems like a really weird thing to say, but that is something that has connected me to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And it's really deep and it's really meaningful. And when you can come alongside someone and say, I feel that too, or this is how I felt. Have you, have you ever, and they feel safe to share. I mean, that has lifted me so much because it brings purpose to our pain. And I know that it'll bring purpose to Jason's pain, but it has also just made people feel seen and heard in a, in a world that can be too flashy and too fast to slow down and see that in each other. So that's really the way that I have felt it. Yeah. Very well said, my friend. Mm-hmm. Now we have a signature question here on Holly's highlights. If you could go back and encourage, inspire, or equip yourself as a child, what would you tell your young self? My young self, <laughs> not young anymore. I would say that life can be really good but that doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. And I always equated goodness with ease. And I have learned it's often quite the opposite. And so to look for the good, even when things are really hard and to cling to that. You shared so much. I'm so thankful. Where can our guests connect with you or perhaps with the cystic fibrosis community or even getting involved in, uh, in the nonprofit that you're a part of with Healing Nations? Oh, absolutely. So I don't have much of a social media presence, but you're welcome to look for me, Dana Snyder. I usually have some kind of CF something as my as my uh, profile picture and on Instagram or, you know, Facebook. And then the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I mean, nationally, the website is cff.org. But I would encourage listeners, if you um, have a connection to CF or you have a child with CF to to get involved in your local chapter. If you're in Utah, I'd love to get to know you. We have a really strong parents network here, parents group that seeks to support each other. And then, yeah, Healing Nations, we are we are online. We're a nonprofit missions group based out of Salt Lake City. And we just seek to um, see God's truth active in the world and send churches and send teams to, yeah, to, to grow and to learn and to come alongside those who are in need. So it's healingnations.net is our web address. All right. We'll make sure to get all of that in the show notes too. 
Dana, as I've shared with you before, I just don't have the words to adequately express my gratitude for you and for Matt and for your sweet family all in my life. I'm so grateful that I, I, I'm, I look back and I'm just thankful for those things that, you know, make me smile, such as our, our boys being born less than 24 hours apart and yep. the things that make me so proud of you and Matt as you truly choose to live your life for the glory of God and, and hold accountable as such too. Uh, the memories that we've been able to make as, as we've done annual walks with cystic fibrosis for Jason's journey or just the lunch dates or dinner dates that we've had, uh, your prayers, your care, your love, your friendship. I am blessed to not only call you friend, but sister in Christ and mighty prayer warrior. So with that, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable, real and raw as you have shared with us about how you've embraced hope through your heartaches. I love you, my friend. Love you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollycurby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.